or lose. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we are here to analyze the game, answer your questions, cry with you, or celebrate together. It's the Fan Express Live, presented by the Skull Purple Podcast, and it starts now. Vikings pull out another win, their second win of the season, and we're here to talk about it on the Skull Purple Podcast. Apologize for the delay. We've had some technical issues, some other issues, everything everything uh, that the Vikings dealt with, but uh, we also won because we're here. We're on the air, so we're all winners today, so uh, that's good to Good to have, I guess, even though, Tony, um, it kind of feels like uh, one of those wins like a couple of weeks ago against the Panthers that it's like, yes, they won, but eh, it's still not great. Um, Not where you want it to be, especially going against a San Francisco team who actually did lose its first game of the season uh, against the Browns. But uh Overall, what were your takeaways from this Vikings victory? Yeah, I mean, uh, comparing the two wins, it felt like this win was probably a bit bit more, I don't know if you want to call it decisive, because neither one was decisive, but it felt like uh, we were a bit more maybe in control this game than we were uh, the Panthers game, at least at least what it felt like from a fan perspective. Um, it, it, it The funny thing is, is when uh, the Bears started to actually push, it was after Fields went out, um, which I think is funny because as a Vikings fan, if you've watched this team for long enough, you probably know this, and, and this has always been a weird just anomaly for me uh, as a Vikings fan, but this team... And, and it's not just like KOC. I mean, like, for the longest I can remember, we always seem to struggle against backup quarterbacks. I don't know what it is. I'll go keep going back to that stupid Cooper Rush game um, against Dallas. Like, I don't get it. It's like m- almost every other team, it's like, oh, the backup's coming in. Well, curtains, you know, for that team. Now with the Vikings, it's almost like, oh, crap, the backup's coming in. You know, like, like I... I don't know what it is, but we do not ever fare well against backups. And uh, I don't know what his last name was. I kept wanting to call him Baguette. Um, but, you know, he almost brought us brought them back uh, to a, a victory there at the end. So, um, yeah, it just was a weird win. It definitely felt like which team wants to, I don't know. I mean, I, I know it's a conspiracy theory that both of these teams are kind of tanking but uh it definitely at moments just felt like who who wants to lose more 
Um, so it doesn't feel great. I'm with you. I think you might be on mute. Sorry. It did feel like, um, <laughs> it did feel like a pair of one and four teams, didn't it? <laughs> it just felt like both of those, both teams out there today, just did not look good. They weren't very good. And I, I don't know. i I think the thing that's most disappointing in that second half was the offense. I mentioned it to both you and Mike in our group text, but just the offense was abysmal all day, really. I mean, they moved the ball inside the Bears' 20-yard line, I think, once. Is that right? One time? Because both of Greg Joseph's field goals were from 50-plus yards, so um, that's pathetic. I don't care how much improved the Bears defense is it's still not that great of a defense guys and I know you're missing Justin Jefferson but we have some guys that can make plays on this offense um now are we talking like the 98 Vikings offense no but there's guys that can make plays on this offense and they didn't do it and uh if it wasn't for the defense Tony we'd be having a different conversation right about now I think yeah yeah well absolutely and I I think there were Obviously, some bright spots we'll talk about, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But, yeah, it's just, you know, the offense, obviously we knew that they were going to struggle a bit with Justin Jefferson being out, right? I mean, that's just it is what it is. Um, Your best player is on IR. Um, That's obviously going to hurt from a morale standpoint and also just from a game plan scheme perspective right um what we're able to do what we're not able to do but uh it felt like boy our only identity that we kind of had which was throw to justin jefferson that was gone so then it really became apparent that this offense has zero identity because it was like who do you go to i thought a couple times addison looked pretty good i thought a couple times kj looked pretty good uh, there were a couple decent catches from Hawkinson. It just, but it never felt put together. It, it very much again felt like an offense that just lacked any sort of actual identity or plan. Um, you know, where you even with the Bears, there was like moments where it felt like they kind of had a way to try to attack us. But honestly, that's kind of my issue. If I were to critique the Bears, is that they don't seem like they have an identity. It's just every team, no. good or bad, even the bad teams, you know, as long as they're coached well, and ah, boy, I hate to throw on more, even more shade on KOC than I have been lately, but even the bad teams, if they're well coached, they seem to have some sort of plan. Whether they execute it or not, it's one thing, but it just felt like it was a smattering of things we were throwing against the wall we weren't sticking with anything. Uh, and then, oh, look, we won the game. Like, that was kind of how it felt. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if it didn't feel like the defense won you the game uh, before that final Bears drive, it definitely felt like it afterwards when they uh, came away with the interception when pretty much I think the announcers, uh, Brandon Godden, the Madden voice, of course, uh, said it uh, pretty 
pretty well. It put up a duck or whatever he said. It's like, yeah, that was a duck. Like the Vikings defense maybe even got away with one a little bit from that pressure that DJ Wanham. So credit DJ Wanham for getting that little bit of a pressure on him. But it's like, oh boy, that if that uh, was a clean throw, DJ, I don't know how good the throw would have been had had he had a clean throw off. DJ Moore maybe catches, catches the touchdown. I don't know, but oh, just... It's just so frustrating, this team. I I just it's it's frustrating because you know that there's enough talent in that room, in that locker room, to win games where it's not this close all the time. And, you know, we come out of the first half, like, oh, the KOC challenged them to go down and score. Three and out. Three and out. Vikings look like they were gonna maybe take charge going in. Uh, to the locker room, they get that touchdown before half. Things like okay, okay, all right, that sounds all right, that sounds okay. Let's let's see if we can continue this in the second half. And uh, no, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but it is just I I'm just so frustrated with this team right now, Tony. And and maybe they could change it if they beat San Francisco in a miracle fashion. Like I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'm just. I'm just kind of flabbergasted with why they can't put this talent all together for for uh, one game. It doesn't even seem like they can do it for one game. Yeah, and and it's not going to get any easier, you know. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm scared to know what next week's going to look like because <laughs> if you, if you haven't already seen, for those that are watching us live. Uh, or I guess if you're catching up with us later on, uh, San Francisco lost <laughs> to the Cleveland Browns. So, you know, they're going to be looking to have a get right game against us, uh, which is not a position I'd like to be in if I'm a Vikings fan or a Vikings team member. So, uh, you know, it's not that uh, teams can't lose two in a row. But San Francisco is pretty darn good, and uh, I wouldn't be betting against them uh, next week. So, uh, you know, and, and I, I hate being, like you said, I hate being negative Nancy, Debbie, Debbie Downer, whatever whatever we want to use here. Um, I'm happy we won. I'm not trying to be like, you know, Depression City over here. But uh, it, it just, it feels like we're getting by by the seat of our pants. And if that's all we can do, in the long run, losses are probably more beneficial. <laughs> and and that's not me wanting us to tank, uh, you know, for the for the Twitterverse. It's just true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't want us to tank, and and I I I do want us to win every single. Week. I'm going to go into next week hoping we can win, right? Like I I hope we can shock the world. And, uh, you know, make this this record look somewhat decent enough where, to you know, it can give us some hope. But uh, I'm telling you, it, unless that happens, it, there's no use of us scraping by with a bunch of lame duck wins that still get us nowhere and then push us further back in the draft. Um, you know, could we still have yeah. a good draft? Yeah, sure. I mean, I... I get it. And everybody's got their analytics and their statistics, but lest us forget, like the higher up in the draft we are, the less of a chance that we would have to do any sort of like trading or moving around because we'd already own that spot versus having to try to move up 
even further. Um, so that, I think that's what some people lose sight of is like everybody right. wants to talk about, well, you know, you know, you don't want to, all these teams, you know, they're mortgaging the future to move up and get all these. Well, I'm, that's why I'm saying <laughs> let's let's try to not have to move up. Like, let's right. try to see if we can just own a really high pick and we don't have to give anything up for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, we saw KJ Osborne. This is something to talk a little bit about. KJ Osborne kind of emerged in that first half, made some nice catches um, after we've kind of been saying, all right, it's time to let loose Jordan Addison in that number two wide receiver role. Uh, KJ Osborne came out and played pretty well in that first half, had a nice few catches. And then just for the most part, I think he had one catch in the second half, three catches in the first half, just disappeared. Jordan Addison only had three catches in the game as well. Um, I don't know if it's really the bears being this good in coverage or if it is anything to do with, Cousins not having the time or just not, uh, as we've said, with the pocket presence sometimes with Cousins, um, as Mr. Too Evil to Hope always likes to remember, uh, remind us, uh, Cousins is trash. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so pre- appreciate uh, Too Evil and uh, Scolden in here. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's just. Uh, it just really frustrated me watching the Viking offense in that second half. Like, I don't know how you can leave that second half um, amused or pleased with how things turned out. And Tony, I mean, maybe you feel differently, but it almost feels like this team is very similar to last year's team, but last year's team was just able to find the ways to win. And now we're finding out what happens when you don't find the ways to win for most of the most, most part for the most part this season, um, two and four, uh, at this point. So basically we're finding out what would have happened had the Vikings maybe not had a little bit of luck go their way. And also, you know, the turnovers, um, from a year ago weren't a big deal. Turnover's a huge deal this year. Uh, Vikings won the turnover battle today. Um, so that was the difference in the game. It re- literally was the difference in the game today. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's its frustrating. It, it really is. I, I, uh, I think I'm very pleased with how the defense played, even though that last drive with Bagent or Bagent, however you say his name, um, Cabbage Patch Kids. I don't know what, whatever. <laughs> but uh, it was French baguette. French baguette. There you go. There you go. But uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I, I I agree with you. They struggle against backup quarterbacks and rookie quarterbacks and uh, ba- uh, Bagent baguette. Whatever. Uh, he fit that mold uh, in both forms. So um, there you go. But, uh, yeah, uh, everybody feel free to get your comments in. We'll, uh, be able to try and answer any questions you have, or at least attempt to without crying or without, uh, yelling or any, any else in between, I guess, laughing. Well, we'll laugh. Uh, the other two, maybe hopefully not, but, uh, anyways, so, um, I guess what was your overall takeaways from the offense and the defensive side? I know you talked a little bit about it. But um, obviously, defensively, again, Daniil Hunter looking good. Uh, I know there was a couple of flags in the game, a couple of 
questionable officiating things again, which we can talk about. But uh, if the Vikings would have lost this game, I would not be blaming the officiating. If if you're one of those fans that just blames the officiating every time your team loses, like I'm not saying that it's that the, the officiating never is to be blamed in certain situations because they are a lot. Of, there are definitely those times, but when you had 15 yards in the fourth quarter before drive or whatever it was, that's not, that's not on officiating buddy. <laughs> so anyways, Tony, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I guess. And the defense. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously the offense was poor, um, you know, poor, poor showing from the offense for, for the most part uh, today. It just, again, it's the lack of identity. The lack of identity uh, leads to a lack of consistency, and it's hard to watch because it just feels like they don't know what they want to do or how they're going to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Part of me feels like, I know you mentioned this team being similar to last year. Honestly, I think one of the big things is that Kevin O'Connell was a brand new coach last year and did a lot of different things. And I think like anybody, he had some success and other teams need to figure him out. And I think I hate to say it, but I think maybe some teams have figured him out. Um, I think that might be part of it and it's up to him to pivot and to evolve and to progress. And uh, that's what every coach needs to do. Uh, if you're a one trick pony, you're going to find yourself, you know, hanging out with Mike Zimmer pretty quickly. So, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how he responds, uh, to that. Um, as far as, uh, the comment here for Wanham, yeah, Wanham had a, had a good game. It certainly seemed like Wanham and, and, uh, Daniil both were very hungry today. Um, uh, not to like be a Debbie downer on this one, but since we're already kind of going down this road, um, that really stinks that Davenport got hurt again. So we're going to see what the deal is with that ankle. Um, unfortunately, that's what he was dealing with before. So hopefully it's just something where they were, you know, going to be cautious and we'll get him back. But, eh, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, but uh, uh, what's too evil to hope here is they say, will this team still sell if we lose next week? Um, or is there some dumb amount of hope left <laughs> to make a run? Um and then, yeah, talking about the refs kind of gifting us some calls. I would say, you know, the, the Vikings and Bears, uh, I would say, had some questionable calls go both, both ways um, on this one. Kind of to your yeah. point, Carson, I there were some really bad calls uh, against the Vikings, but there was also some probably some tic-tac-y calls that went our way too. And so I think that's just the way game goes, honestly. <laughs> The uh, the less of the premier teams, we'll say, tend to get the lesser of the officiating crews as well. Uh, and so it's not a surprise to me that there was a, just some sloppiness all over. I mean, honestly, it was just a sloppy day. It was a sloppy day yeah. by both teams. It was a sloppy day by the refs. It, fe- it just, the whole thing, it just felt like I was watching you know, the ACC network and not a Fox <laughs> news broadcast or whatever 
our Fox network broadcast. But yeah, I it just was it was very sloppy. So yeah, no, and I thought the defense was okay. I thought overall that they were again the the brighter spot. Um, certainly shout out to Jordan Hicks, had a heck of a day for himself today. Um, so good job there. I thought Byron Murphy had a few good plays, especially towards the end. Um, I thought a Caleb Evans again uh showed his willingness to get in there and you know he's a good tackler. I mean, he's young and let's just hope that he continues to progress. Um, you know, is he a guy that I'd want to rely on being my mainstay shutdown corner right now? No, but, um, you know, do I like him in the rotation? Um, yeah. And you know, he's young, so we'll see what happens there. Um, well, speaking of rotation, um, we need to see more of, uh, cam acres. We've got to, we have got to stop giving a bunch of carries to Alexander Madison. This is, I mean, I, I like Alexander as a dude. He's a great dude, uh, great in the community. And he does have some good games every now and then, but man, oh man, Mike even mentioned this, I think in the group chat, like he misses some holes. Um, this offensive line has been pretty solid so far this season. And, uh, when Cam Akers has been in there, he seems like he's got a pretty good burst if he gets the opportunity. And he only had two touches today, Tony. How do you let that happen? Two touches for your number two running back who supposedly was coming in here. You trade for him like you just trade for him for depth purposes. No, you should want him to come in here and make some plays, you know, like, I mean, they didn't give up much for him. So I get that. But it's like still you if you make that kind of a deal. If you just wanted a body, you could have brought somebody in off the street, you know. Um, I think I think he's got to see more playing time. Um, Madison, I mean, I don't know if you saw the is like eighteen carries for forty four yards. Ugh. Ugh. It's not good. <laughs> so they have got to figure out uh, something, and you know, it's it shouldn't just be with turnovers. If you can't produce, you shouldn't be playing. Um, that's the way Kevin O'Connell should go about it. Um, especially, uh, if the Vikings are in these close games and they, they're losing games because somebody's not being productive. Um, they need to, they need to pull people like even TJ Hawkinson as much of a fan of TJ Hawkinson as I am. There's still some times when he drops some passes. It's like, man, well, maybe you need to pull him out, put Josh Oliver in there or put even Johnny Munt, who I don't really like at all, but Put him in there if he's going to make a play, you know. Um, TJ had a better game today compared to the last um, couple of but anyways. Um, yeah, I the, the whole running back situation, they need to stop acting like it's a bell cow. Like, stop it. Go give the ball to more than just one player for the majority of the game. Like, this is a committee. This is no longer a bell cow situation. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, I, you know, there's always you, you question moves and you question the reasons why, you know, they make certain decisions. Um, you know, what is Akers not doing that's not allowing him to get more time? Um, is it purely that they just want to stick with Madison because that's been kind of the plan? Which, in my opinion, is foolish. 
And I really hope that's not the case because that was probably one of my top three, top two criticisms of the Zimmer regime was that I felt like they would stick with things too long, uh, just out of principle, which is fine. It's good to be principled, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, you know, you're going to get into a spot where, uh, we need to win games. That's the point. Uh, the point is winning football games. Um, and just yep. because you drafted a guy a certain place or you pay a guy a certain amount of money, it doesn't matter. We're there to win football games. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it is what it is. So, yeah, it would be nice to see him get some more touches. It could be for other reasons, too. Could be like a pass blocking thing. Maybe he doesn't do well there. Or I don't know. Um, so, oh, it's rap. Yeah. Rap is in. Rap. My guy, my guy, rap. He says, This win feels like a loss. Why is that? I shouldn't feel like this. I hear you, man. I'm right there with you. Yeah. We've been kind of Debbie down in this whole thing the first little bit here. We're kind of like, man, this doesn't feel like a win. This doesn't feel like we should be having uh, <laughs> good conversations. This is something I'm I'm want to discuss here, Tony. I I saw this kind of in the stats when I was putting these together, and uh, Kevin Seifert, ESPN, tweeted this out: two oddities that might matter only to me. He says, but in the two Vikings victories this season, Kirk Cousins had his lowest passing totals of the season, 139 at Carolina and 181 at Chicago. And the Vikings defense has returned a fumble for a TD in both of those wins. So why is that? Like, that, I really want to know that. Like, I don't know why that is. That That just is baffling. Like, Kirk Cousins goes out and he throws throws a lot of for a lot of yards and does all this stuff, but yet, you know, you lose twenty seven to twenty last week to Kansas City. You lose the week before, or you win the week before when he's crap, <laughs> and then the first three games of the season he balls out and you don't do anything. Now I get part of it is the turnover thing too, but it's like I just don't get it. And it seemed like that was part of it last year too. Um, when they would have Kirk would not always have the best numbers, but he, they would win. It's like, I don't get why that is the case. I don't know if you have any, any thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I mean, I think there are two things that come to mind here. One is that, uh, and then this is something that I've always been critical of Kirk with. I feel like Kirk doesn't know how to press on the gas. Like, I don't think he, he, he doesn't have that gear that says I'm up by 10 or I'm up by 13. I want to be up by 23. I want to be up by 28. Like he gets into conserva Kirk mode. And so there's that um, where he doesn't push. Um, we love that. <laughs> the other, uh, the other might be um, the other issue might be that, you know, Kirk just, uh, you know, the, the defense steps up when Kirk is not playing well and, you know, things kind of, you know how the game flow goes. Game script determines what this team is going to do and our offense is obviously going to pivot to what the defense is able to do or not do and then also vice versa, right? So, um, I don't know. I I have my issues, obviously, with Kirk Cousins. I'm not, uh, you know, I suppose nobody needs to hear them over and over and over again, but he just 
We all need to get it through our thick skulls that Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He is not a great quarterback. He is not a generational talent. He is a upper echelon tier two quarterback. And that's okay. There aren't many of those, you know, um, they're good. It just means he needs a good team and a good roster around him. And if you want to get mad about anything, don't get mad that he's that get mad that the team hasn't given him the type of roster that would make him succeed. If you don't want to be mad at Kirk cousins, then just be mad that we don't have San Francisco's roster. Like that's, that's the only other option. Because uh, it's unrealistic to think that Kirk is anything more than that. Yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, you know who struggled today? Quarterback number 13 for the San Francisco 49ers. He did not yeah. look great against uh, Cleveland. So I'm just saying there's a history between Kyle Shanahan and Kirk Cousins. I don't know if anybody on this show is aware of that, but uh, there is a history there, and uh, there is a trade deadline coming up. Uh, the Vikings are 2-4. and four. If they lose to San Francisco, it's 2-5. and five. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I'm too hopeful. I, I think the hard part there, the hard sell is that uh, currently San Francisco is paying Brock Purdy in uh, high V coupons. Uh, so uh, Kirk Cousins is uh, getting paid a, quite a bit more, uh, I would say, than uh, than Purdy. Purdy's getting paid like it's like league minimum or something like that. Right. Well, you uh, posed me the question yesterday. Would you take a trade straight up? Kirk Cousins for Brock Purdy, and I said yes. I would do it. The 49ers probably wouldn't do it, but I would do it if I was the Vikings because at least you because kn- here's the thing. We know what the Vikings have in Kirk Cousins. He's, like you said, a good quarterback, not great. He's not going to he's not going to ver- go you're not going to go very far with him if you have a average to a little above average roster, you have to have a really good to great roster for him to take you very far in the postseason. And that's what San Francisco has. And so can Brock Purdy, you know, maybe do basically what Kirk Cousins has done, like getting to 500, um, that's not a big deal. Uh, I mean, Kirk, that's what Kirk Cousins has done for most of his career. It's like, oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just ready to pull the plug. I think I told you that yesterday, Tony. I've t- probably said it on this show before many times. Pull the plug on Cousins. Pull the plug on that whole saga so we can get that era of Vikings football behind us. If you're a Cousins fan, then go be a Cousins fan. Let's separate the two finally. Like We're Vikings fans here. We want to see the Vikings win. We don't care about uh, who the quarterback is as long as the Vikings are winning. Um, and unfortunately, Kirk Cousins has been mid, I guess, if you want to use the uh, Gen Zer term or the uh, whatever term you want to call it, I guess. But it's like, it's like you can't, can't, can't do it anymore. Like There's not enough, there's not enough uh, that he can do to make up the, for the deficiencies. So anyways... Well, I mean, and here's the thing. It's 
there are moments where he looks good. That that and and right. there are games where he plays great. We're talking about overall on the whole, right? So at any given time, you know, any given season, we're talking about maybe one to three uh, quarterbacks in the league that are an elite status, right? Generational talent status. So I'm not saying that it's like some common thing to find these guys. It's not, it's extremely rare. Um, you know, and then, uh, then you kind of have your, I always say there's like four tiers of quarterbacks. There's the generational talents. That's again, maybe one to three guys in the league at any given time. Then you've got the t- the tier ones, which are very good quarterbacks, consistently very good. Um, but you know, there's still some something. You know, there's still something. They're not they're 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 bound to have an issue uh, here and there. There's some weaknesses. And then uh, and then you've got your tier twos and your tier twos. It's you know probably the larger group, um, higher tier twos. You've got guys like. Kirk Cousins, you got guys like Dak Prescott, you got guys like Matt Ryan when Matt Ryan was playing. I mean, that they're they're all the same. I mean, obviously there's variations of how good these guys are, but you can't tell me you didn't think Matt Ryan was a good quarterback. I think Matt Ryan was a very good quarterback in prime, but he needed a team around him. Um, it just was what it was, and uh, that's okay. Um, so it's just. We need to just let go of this idea that Kirk Cousins is uh, this elite quarterback because he's not. Rap, look at this What's guy. Good? What's hey, good, speak- man? Speaking of guys who doesn't think Kirk Cousins is elite, welcome in, Rap. <laughs> hey, for sure, man. You know that. You know that. Hey, but um, I'm gonna tell you right now. Can, do y'all have any feedback? Is there any feedback coming through? I just want to make sure because I'm in my car. Um, you sound pretty good, man. You sound pretty good. Right, perfect. Yeah, man. Listen, this offense, man. First of all, man, I'm glad to be on with y'all, man. I miss y'all, man, for sure. Yes. Man. Glad to but have like, you here, man, man. This offense is just sad. You hear me? Like, and it starts with our quarterback, man. It starts with our quarterback. You know, like it's time for a change. I think the the silver lining is this that the way we're playing right now just shows that we have to move on from this guy, man. It, it's inevitable now. You know, it's inevitable. It, it, he's showing that, like, so think about Did y'all talk about that um, that interception? Did y'all talk about that, that how it happened? Oh, the uh, strip sack kind of interception fumble or whatever it ended up being? Right. Uh, we, di- we didn't really talk about that, but go ahead. The no pocket awareness. All right, so. Yeah, so again, yeah, you know I'm you know I'm big on that, Tony. Hey, he got no awareness, right? And part of that is sliding protection, right? Because, like, this is the thing: you've been in the league for how many years now? These are things that you you're supposed to know as a veteran quarterback and and being a leader of this team. This guy just doesn't have any leader traits, man. He he has no awareness. He lacks it, and that's why we're in these positions over and over again where we can't just put a team out of their misery. Like we're always going to keep a team right there where it comes down. Cause think about it. If that quarterback that's coming from D two, that was an undrafted free agent. Didn't throw that duck up. There is no, Hey, we might be having a different conversation right now, man. Be losing this game by one point. I'm going to tell you right now. Cause Hey, yeah. for, for us to allow the bears to 
even be that close. Same thing with the Panthers. Same thing with the Panthers. The same exact type of game. For us to have to depend on our defense to put up points, because if our defense didn't score points, we're still having a different conversation right now. It's sad, man. This offense is trash. I mean, I hate to be negative after a win, but, I mean, it's reality, man. But, yeah, man, I can rant all night, though, man. I'm telling y'all right now, hey. You don't want to get me started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hear you, man. We hear you. It's uh, it's it was a miserable it was a miserable performance, especially in that second half from the offense. Like you mentioned, the the fumble. I it ended up being a fumble, is what they classified it as the Cousins right. turnover. So I. I guess, hey, he didn't throw an interception. Oh, but he did fumble. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah. I guess whatever he wanted to do with that. So he ended up fumbling twice. That backwards pass, too. That was, what are you doing, man? Like, I get where he was trying to go with the ball, but it's like, right. if, you, if you know you're not going to be able to get it to him accurately, just take the sack, man. He's being Kirk Cousins, man, you know, being Kirk yeah. Cousins, man. <laughs> He's Kirkin out there, Kirkin. <laughs> that's right that's right go ahead tony you got something to say i could i could feel it i could see it well it just it, i i was just gonna basically go and pile on <laughs> but yeah it, it was it was just not and that's kind of what i mean about cousins is that he he has moments where he looks great and if you give him time he will carve you up i mean he will turn you into swiss cheese if we had, let's say, a top three offensive line in the league, he'd be amazing. The problem is that once he gets off script, it just falls apart. I mean, he can't. And that's okay. That's why he's solidified himself in that tier two group of quarterbacks, in my opinion. And, again, I just think it's foolish to think that he's anything more than that. And I get it's tough. You know, it's like being in a relationship, you know, especially one that's not uh, terrible. But – if it's not great, what do you, are we just going to settle for okay? Or we're going to keep right. searching for great. And I think we need to, we need, Hey, we only live once. Let's search for great. Man. Good take. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is too, like how much longer are you going to continue to be, I, I don't know where I'm going. I, I lost my train of thought. Anyways. Um, <laughs> uh, there's you know, just going, so much. There's so much Carson, man. There's just so there's much, so much say, man. You know, there's, there's yeah. so much stress, Viking stress going on up here. Um, yeah. But uh, going back to the whole rookie quarterback thing, like the rookie slash backup quarterback thing like that, that is frustrating to watch a little bit, even though they ended up winning the game. Like he almost drove down there two times and did more than anything that Kirk Cousins did in that second half. So it's also another thing like, man, the people that are like, yeah, well, what if you get rid of Cousins? Then you then you got to have this terrible quarterback. You're going to have I remember uh, Dave on. One time I sent you a video of my reaction to it rap of yeah. when Dave was like, uh, oh, well, we could have had Zach Wilson. It's like, yeah. yeah, and be what? One and three like we were? <laughs> it's like, and still be man, one and three? Yeah. That's, that's, still be yeah. one and three. It doesn't matter yeah. how you get there. You're still one and three. 
So it's right. like, man, who who really cares? Uh, if you're one and three, you're one and three. Uh, now you're two and four. But anyways, yeah. it's. But I, you just, know, real I'm quick, too, Carson. To I always that. tell people too, like, you know, you could, yeah, you could get a Zach Wilson. You also could get a Justin Herbert. You also could get a. I mean, it goes both ways. You know what I mean? Part of that right. comes with just knowing how to evaluate and. A lot of times, too, it just comes with when you when you draft a rookie quarterback, like the situation, like think about it, a rookie quarterback like a Zach Wilson, for example, going into New York is way different than if he would have came into Minnesota with a Justin Jefferson, a Dalvin Cook at the time. You know what I mean? Like he would have probably looked a little different, not to say that he would have been, you know what I mean? Patrick Mahomes 2.0, but he probably would have he probably would have performed a little better because a lot of it has to be based on when you draft a quarterback. You have to be ready to build your offense and mold it around that guy. You know what I mean? Kind of like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. They couldn't keep the same offense they had with Joe Flacco. It it wouldn't have been the same. You know what I mean? They had to adjust. And I think that's what a lot of times we lacked over the years where, yeah, you bring in new guys. But, uh, you know, if you're not going to adjust your offense to mold around that that player's skill set, then, yeah, you're going to you're going to fail nine times out of ten. You know what I mean? So. I mean, hey, I'm ready to draft a quarterback, man, and, and put Kevin O'Connell to the test. But with this play calling that I see Kevin O'Connell doing, he might not last. He might not last a, a two more years or, or even a damn year. You know what I mean? It's yeah. sad, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I, – I wonder how much he feels restricted based on the quarterback and based on – um you know, even the running back situation, like we were talking about the running back situation with Madison earlier, 18 carries for 44 yards. Are you kidding? Like, that's just terrible. And it's, it's not like you're playing a great bears defense. Like you, you weren't playing a good bears defense and the offensive line. Like, I don't know if you've saw some of those replays wrap, but there were holes and he wasn't hitting the right holes. Uh, cam Akers needs to get more touches. He does. And you know what? Um, you know, people that know me that have been watching my channel know that I'm big on Dalvin Cook brought way more. Listen, we got rid of, first of all, we got rid of eight touchdowns, but that was just last year in 1,200 yards with Dalvin Cook. Bro, who is making up for that? That's what I be trying to ask the fan. Be like, who on the roster right now is making I know people were bringing up the analytical thing about he was getting negative, this, that, and the third. But listen, when it all balled down, he scored eight touchdowns. All right, so people can do the math on how many points that is, especially in the red zone. And he 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 had almost 1,200 yards, right? And in the year before that, you know, Cook has a nose for the end zone. You know, 12 touchdowns the season before, 16 touchdowns the one year. Like, he's a ball, bro. We don't have anybody on our team now that's a touchdown that has a nose for the end zone because even Justin Jefferson being our best player, he really doesn't have a nose for the end zone. He'll get you down there. But, you know, I mean, for the most part, he won't put it in. And Thielen, too, he was a touchdown my uh, touchdown guy. So, hey, yeah. man, we're we struggling, man. We're struggling. And I think another thing with Jefferson, too, I'll let uh, Tony get in here in a moment, but uh, Jefferson, when you're down there and there's less area to cover in the, in the red zone, like teams are just going to key in on him, which is why I don't think you have as much success with Jefferson in the red zone because there's less area to have to defend for one. And um, it there's, I think it's easier maybe even to double team or even triple team him down there compared to in the open field. So um, I think that's part of it. And why Adam Thielen was, was crucial in that regard. I don't miss him 
too much, to be honest with you. But I do think in the red zone, we're seeing that uh, lacking a little bit so far this yep. year. But uh, Tony, any anything you want to add on any of what Rap said? I just think that in general, the and I know this is like the low hanging fruit, but the turnovers are absolutely killing this team. Like, uh-huh. and and if we look at the first three games, I think three, maybe even four of the turnovers that we had were all in the red zone. So, I mean, that's all points, right? And when we're talking about games that are this close, that's the difference potentially between winning and losing. So I know we can always talk about like, well, well, if it bounces this way and blah, blah, blah. Now all of a sudden we're five and one or, you know, (laughs) whatever. Uh, We all talk like that. I mean, it's, but uh, you know, there is something to that. And I think that's probably why we've, uh, seeing the lack of efficiency, and I think it just snowballs. So I think what's happening is we have got a lack of confidence with this offense. I think Kevin O'Connell's trying to salvage what he can, and instead of kind of bringing us back to fundamental football and the basics, it feels like absolute freaking chaos. Like it feels like, again, we're just throwing stuff up against the wall and then seeing what works, and then hopefully at the end of the game, did we win like that? It, the, honestly, that's how it feels. Um, yeah. That's how today felt. That's how the pan, because it's just, it, at least last year, we found ways to attack defenses offensively. And then we kept doing that. Like we would mm-hmm. keep attacking and uh, it just feels like we have no plan. We have no game plan this year. There's even when Jefferson's in, obviously he's on IR now. Um, I, to be honest with you, in, in some ways, I was a little excited to see what they would do today because they couldn't rely on Justin Jefferson. They couldn't go back to the old trusty. They actually had to be creative. And I saw it a little bit. I thought maybe they'd get Powell involved a little bit, but it was the same kind of deal. They tried getting creative with Powell a couple times. It didn't work. So then they got scared. So then they started to pivot to something else. It's like, no guys, like stick Mm -hmm. with it, be creative. Like, don't abandon game plans over and over again because it's just going to be chaos. And chaos is not winning football. So uh, right. we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Hopefully. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, before before I get out of here, though, man, because I got I to gotta handle some business here, man. But I'm going to tell you, I talked about this last night, man. And this, and I think this, on top of a good take too, Tony, man, because I, I agree 100% on what you just spilled just now. Like, that's absolutely correct. But I think another part is too is this, the leadership, man. We don't have anybody on this team that holds people accountable, right? Mm-hmm. So I know we'll say, you know, turnovers. Yes, they killed us. They did. But a good football team, a team that has at least a couple leaders that are actual leaders i'm not talking about a c on your jersey and we look at them because they're a captain like they're no you have to be born with this right and we just don't have that person man we don't and that's another thing with Thielen and cook that they brought and and i'm and i threw this out there last night too zadarius smith that's why the vods were so different last year with this football team because we had those personalities on the roster that knew how to pick up a team you know get a team encouraged this year Josh Oliver fumbled. This is the biggest thing that I noticed um, last week when Josh Oliver fumbled. 
he went to the sideline and stood on the island by himself. Nobody came up to him. Nobody talked to him. Kirk Cousins didn't walk up to him and said, hey, buddy, you're good. Hey, you made a mistake. Hey, you'll get it next time. I mean, those little things mean so much when you're playing on a team sport like that, to have little leaders that are that just are vocal. It's good. We have a bunch of silent leaders, including J.J., yeah. Harrison Smith, the Neil Hunter. They lead by example. Yeah, you need those guys, too. But you also need those couple guys that are willing to, hey, let let this player know when he did wrong, and but tell him, hey, we're going to be all right, though. You know, like, we'll get it on the next one. You need that, man. And we don't have that, man. We just don't, including the coach. It's sad. It's sad. We, we kind of need, uh, to use a baseball reference, we kind of need a Carlos Correa in there um, to, from, from a Twins perspective to just kind of – you know, he's been there before for a lot of the, you know, rookies for the twins this year. And even though the twin season didn't end as I was hoping it would and whatever, but he still has a way of turning a locker room around leading that. Uh, yeah, I don't really see that outside of the head coach and maybe the head coach, the discipline thing I would say is the big thing for him. He doesn't really maybe hold people accountable. He talked about pulling people if they're not going to um, hang on to the football. We haven't seen that really come into fruition. And I even talked about uh, earlier rap, like pulling people if they're not performing like Madison, 18 for 44, get out. You're done. Sit down. (laughs) Put the best football player. That's another thing that I don't like. Put the best players on the field, man. You know what I mean? Like all this friendship. And that goes back to when we very first brought him in the collaboration thing. It's going too far now. It's time to put it to an end, man. It was good last year. Now it's time to handle business, man. All the friendships and all you, I known you a couple months longer. So you're going to play ahead of this guy, man. Listen, put the best players on the field, please. And get the best players, the football, like even today, Jordan Addison, man, there is no reason why Jordan Addison shouldn't have gotten at least eight more targets in my opinion bro like throw him the damn football man like seriously is that too much to ask for man i just don't get it man i don't and i don't think we ever will to be honest with you <laughs> yeah yeah, man, yeah. Crazy. yes yeah. indeed well we'll let you go rap i know you got yeah some man business hey, i appreciate y'all of. fellas man yeah, yeah man for sure man thank you for having me on yeah absolutely. we'll have to have you on again so take care absolutely. man absolutely absolutely man thank you fellas all right man yeah. yeah, so kind of like what Rap was talking about. He's he's frustrated. I think we're all kind of in that same boat now at this point. We're we're just all we we want this team to show us a reason why to we should be excited. And really there hasn't been a big reason to be excited. I mean, I guess, you know, I don't want to totally say it's terrible like there's no hope, there's nothing in the future. Cause I do think that there's been some strides defensively that we've seen, uh, from the Vikings this season with Brian Flores. Now, how much longer does that continue? If Brian Flores leaves this off season, who knows? Uh, that's kind of my fear. I don't know if you're in the same boat, Tony, but I'm, uh, I'm kind of wondering, I mean, I'm hopeful that he'll stay. I hope the Wilfs will be like, yeah, we're going to take care of you. We're going to pay you what you want even as a defensive coordinator, pay him what he wants, like keep him around. Um, but it's like, man, what, uh, what other improvements have, have been made? Like the offense. Yes. Top all this category stuff. Well, where was it today? 
You know, they're they're performing well in a lot of categories, but those those games end up being losses. So what does it matter? It does not matter if you're 16th in points per game. It doesn't matter if you're in the lower third uh, in the league in offensive red zone efficiency. Um, you know, those things matter. And uh, another thing I was going to mention to wrap, and I think I talked to you and maybe even mentioned it already here. It's like you had one red zone trip today against the bears. You got a touchdown, thankfully, but I think that was only, there was only one, maybe two red zone trips, but I, I think there was only one because the field goals from Greg Joseph were 50 plus and, uh, he missed one of the, one of the three. Um, but, um, it's like, you gotta be better against the bears defense than that. Like even the commanders, they scored 20 points and, uh, yeah. So anyways, I, and really the offense only scored 12 points. So the 19 points is not because of the offense. So I, again, frustrating. Um, I, again, it's, it's like we did it for 13 games last year, Tony, um, a win's a win, but boy, oh boy, this doesn't feel like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I suppose not to beat a dead horse, but, um, yeah, you know, I, th- I think we've, I think we've aired all of our grievances. I, I just think that this team's got a long ways to go. And, uh, I have a feeling that unless we somehow catch lightning in a bottle, uh, for the rest of the season, that this team is going to look pretty different next year. And, you know, you mentioned Flores. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have a fear that he will leave. Um, that's something that I thought about when we signed him just because he's a high profile coach. Um, he's a highly sought after coach. Um, I think that, um, we will definitely not want to sign Carson Wentz. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, no, sorry. um, Too evil to hope. Yeah. Um, but, but, um, I would say that uh, I'm with you. I, I hope we do decide to retain his services. I not, and I think we will. I, I have this weird feeling that we should have him for at least one more season. Um, I think he'll stick with the, with the team uh, just because of his relationship with KOC. And I do think the Wilfs have shown uh, certainly an, an interest in paying people what they feel like they deserve. And and I do think Flores has proven that he certainly is a, as a step up from what we had going on before. So um, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, obviously big test next week uh, coming up. Um, you and I will talk about that. I'm sure as the week progresses a bit more, um, but uh, yeah, uh, glad to get the W always happy to see a Vikings win. Don't ever, get you know confused with my criticisms that I don't want this team to win. I always want this team to win. Uh, but it just, in the grand scheme of things, I know we've got a long, long road ahead. Sorry to evil to hope. I know he's got a ring. It's uh what do they say on Twitter? It's a Mickey mouse ring because he, uh, he didn't play in the postseason games. Uh, Nick Foles did. Um, so now I know a lot of people will say, well, they would have still they would have won by more had Carson Wentz played. I actually don't think they would have won the Super Bowl had Carson Wentz played, but that's just my opinion. That's that's 
that's my opinion. And he's been trash ever since that one good year. So, um, but uh, trading for Kyler Murray or Zach Wilson, if you miss out on a first round quarterback, I'm not opposed to it. Um, you know, I, I think I'd be probably, I don't know. The only thing I would say to that, and maybe Tony, if you want to speak on this, then we'll do our game balls and get out of here. But I, uh, I don't know if I really like either one of these guys in terms of team building because they both seem to have had issues with their teams. Um, Zach Wilson calling out their calling out teammates or whatever at one point and Kyler Murray too busy with his call of duty to all this different stuff. So anyways, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just a, maybe it's just a thing that is a uh, public thing that we think of. And maybe actually people do enjoy the, those guys as teammates. I don't know, but um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I uh, no, I I don't want either of those guys to be honest with you. I mean, and part of it is just that, you know, I feel like we're we're trading one problem for another, and I feel like the problem might be worse. If that yeah. makes sense, I mean, we don't know. I feel like Wilson probably would be. Um, either one of those guys would be, in my opinion, a stopgap for somebody for the future, like a young hopefully franchise generational talent guy that we still have yet to really have on this team. So, um, you know, uh, Kyler would come at a more expensive price tag. Uh, we would have to worry about issues with him again, kind of committing to being great, um, which is never a good thing in the NFL. And then I just think Wilson is definitely a downgrade from Kirk cousins. So, I mean, at that point, yeah, again, I don't know. You're, it would be like, the only reason why I'd want Wilson would be to give a rookie time. Like, let's put it that way. Yeah. Like, it would be very much like an Andy Dalton, Bryce Young sort of a situation where you bring in a veteran as like more of a stopgap. Now, I know Bryce Young's been playing, but you kind of get what I mean. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, um, let's go ahead and give our game balls. Uh, we'll give, we'll give, uh, each give one here today. Um, I, I don't know if anybody on offense really deserves it. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at again. I know we're just piling on, even though it's a win. Somebody actually asked me today. They're like, you should be happy. Your team won. Why aren't you happy? Or all this stuff. It's like, well, they're two and four. And I don't really see this team going very far. You know, it's like, well, they won. Oh, Anyways, I don't know. Maybe I should be happier. Uh, I'm, I'm happier in other regards in my life, but not necessarily with this team. Uh, but anyways, um, my game ball is going to come after your game ball. I'm giving you the game ball first, Tony. Well, if you're going give, to give it to me first, then I'm going to take the ultra low hanging fruit. Um, and it's going to be Jordan Hicks. So, uh, obviously, uh, big game for him. Scoop and score, interceptions. Um, did he have one or two? I think he had one for sure. He had one, one interception, oh, one fumble recovery. That's right. Okay, so it was the scoop and score, and then the one interception. Um, so yeah, I mean, and that was the difference in the game was him picking up that fumble and taking taking it to the house. 
So good job, Jordan Hicks. It's funny because I thought about all the conversations we had last year and then into the off season about how I know you and I not to put words in your mouth, but certainly myself, um, you know, we were kind of like, God, Jordan Hicks is <laughs> more one of the more weaker links on this football team, or at least on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, we really ragged on him quite a bit. And uh, it just goes to show how poor uh, the coaching was last year. And I'm not saying that Jordan Hicks is like this amazing player. It just, he looks like a guy that actually has a place on this team. Whereas last year it was like, what is this guy doing? Why would we even have this guy on our roster? So what a difference uh, coaching can make. So game ball goes Jordan Hicks. Uh, good job. Again, he probably was uh, without him and some of the plays he made today. It might be a different outcome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think maybe Brian Flores has utilized him better than uh, what uh, Ed Donatel did, and that's, I'm sure, no surprise to anybody. Um, it's like you got a present, and then you opened up, and it's a $5 covered in poop. <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, I'm happy about the $5. <laughs> just uh not a fan of what i have to do to uh get the five dollars clean off this crap literally um but uh my game ball is gonna go to daniel hunter um i uh thought he performed really well even if he didn't get um he did have two sacks but he felt like he could have had more had uh, there not been some holding uh, at different times throughout the game. So, uh, Daniel Hunter, my game ball for today. Um, yeah, uh, good point on your end earlier about Marcus Davenport. Unfortunate to see him go down. Uh, hopeful that the Vikings can get him back uh, because, like we've said the last few times, uh, he is pretty good when he's healthy and he's in there. Gives the Vikings a much more um, complete look on the defensive line, even though still is not a great defensive line. I've said that before, but uh, even though DJ Wanham steps up at times, he's much more of a rotational player, I think. Um, and Patrick Jones, he's been silent this year. I don't think he's probably getting a whole lot of time in there. But uh, anyways, uh, Daniel Hunter, my game ball, your game ball, Jordan Hicks, couple of good performances from those guys today. I think that is going to put a wrap on our show. No pun intended. Uh, our guest wrap a little bit ago. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to get to talk to rap a little bit more as the season goes on. I think we have a lot, a uh, lot of things where we agree with wrap uh, on uh, in terms of what the future could hold. But uh how about Mike McDaniel today? Uh, he's uh, He got the win after falling behind early to Carolina, and then uh, one of the things he does in the press conference, he points at somebody's one of the press guy's shoes. It's like uh, <laughs> pointing out his shoes. He's like, that's that's what his one of his reactions was to a question or something. Hey, I see your shoes. Those are really nice or whatever. I'm going to have to watch the clip. But anyways, um. Things are going pretty well over there in Miami. <laughs> yes, they are. So, all right. 
Well, Tony, appreciate you joining us, uh, joining me and everybody else joining us. And uh, next time uh, could be a little bit of a different story. We will try and have a 49ers preview of some kind this week. Um, we'll see if we can get it done or not. My week's looking pretty busy, but uh, see if Tony can get something out to you guys. And uh, as always, skull. Skull, baby. <laughs>